welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. My name is Tom Vergus, and I am joined again by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm terrific. Jürgen, you? I'm good, thanks. good So, what are we talking about what today? What are we talking about today? The topic is psychological safety. Mm. That's uh, very topical in a lot of ways. Mm. And, and I've had lots of discussions recently around wellness and how you can um, take the idea of wellness not as a reaction but as a kind of fitness approach. Okay. So say more about that. I'm curious about that. Okay, well, for example, in a physical sense, so we talk about our physical health and um, we can obviously – uh, you know, people get diseases and so then they go to the doctor and they get treatments for the diseases. But the better approach, of course, is to take care of yourself, eat right, get enough sleep, exercise, mm-hmm. and so that you're fit and well. And there's there's been, you know, a heavy focus on that physical well-being over probably my lifetime. Right, yes. Uh, and yet in the psychological well-being field it's very much around well when people feel down or or you know in stressed ser- stressed and um yeah in serious cases depressed or yep. you know they've got some other form of, of anxiety anxiety or or illness then there's treatment and we've got lots of really fabulous organizations that support those people mm. but recently i've had discussions with people that have come up with the analogy to the physical fitness and saying well you know we really need to be more mindful of our mental fitness before we get into a situation where we might get disease i i get that thanks for thanks for explaining that i think we spend a lot of time of course i have spent many years consulting with organizations in oil and gas manufacturing etc and tremendous effort and focus on safety physical safety mm. and yet you also need psychological safety and i was prompted to think of this uh, topic because as an example recently i saw that film ford versus ferrari okay and there is a scene in this and it's a story of how ford uh, builds a cars to go to Le Mans mm-hmm. in, in France. And there's one particular scene there, which is uh, Matt Damon is the star. He's playing the role of someone called uh, Shelby, who's an engineer, designer. And he's been tasked with building the cast to race uh, at Le Mans. And they go for the first race and disastrous. Yeah. So he's having the meeting with Henry Ford II in his big office having to wait for a while before he meets him then goes in and henry ford says to him so why should i not just fire you for the millions of dollars that we have wasted Mm. yeah and um matt damon in the role says actually 
That's a good question. I've been pondering that myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he says, but in the time I've been sitting in the foyer for the meeting, I have noticed that particular red folder that's on your table has actually gone up and down four times. Okay? Like it's changed hands mm -hmm. four times before it's come to you. Yeah. Right? And that folder has probably gone through 20 layers below before it's even come up to here. And the point that he was trying to make then with Henry Ford is that to win a race, you know, in a racing car situation, you need to have one leader. Yeah. Okay? It's not won by a committee. Mm. And it was great that, firstly, I think it took a lot of courage to say that to someone like Henry Ford II, but he did. Mm. And... Henry Ford II, in that in his role, said, "Yeah, okay, you're right. Report directly to me." Hmm. Okay, so there was courage, but there was also that psychological safety for him to actually speak out, speak yeah. up. Mm. And really, at the end of the day, I think psychological safety is actually creating an environment where people can feel safe to speak up. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, how do you go about? creating that environment or making sure that people feel that it is safe to speak out? Yes. You know, before I answer that, the other question I think that we need to also be thinking about as a leader is I may, by inviting people to speak up, hear things that I don't particularly want to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> well, there's that. And and also there's the other side of it that, okay, it's, it's okay to speak out, but I may not act on your suggestion. Correct. I may come back to you and say, well, I don't agree with that, so we're not going to do it. Yep. Or you may speak up and there may be repercussions, hmm. which is, in fact, a key reason why people don't speak up. Yeah. Because there are repercussions. They either get demoted, they get fired, etc. Like the whistleblower hmm. type scenario, they speak up, they become victimized. Hmm. So you know, most people will just say to themselves, I'm just going to keep my nose down keep it clean and just keep on going the way it's going. If you think of all the major issues that we've had when it comes to ethics or code of conduct, mm. uh, misappropriate, inappropriate behaviors or mm. misappropriation of funds or et cetera, et cetera, you'll find that it's been going on for, for a long time and yeah. people just, when they first get a, become aware of it, there may be a reaction to it and then it's either, well, do I speak up or don't I? Mm. And then, or do I just go along with it or not? So that then creates a situation where the culture just perpetuates it. And when it comes to safety, especially with safety issues, physical safety, mm. if you think so, you're on a, on, a, on a gas rig, on oil rig, or any of these places where you can lose lives mm. when something goes wrong, the whole thing of psychological safety is really kind of important because it's about seeing something that's mm. unsafe and that's actually right. speaking up. Speak right. Yeah. Mm. And Toyota, as a company, has it in the manufacturing plant that anybody can actually stop the process mm. if they find something that is not safe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've certainly um, seen situations like that where people have been reluctant to speak out about something that was unsafe or they thought was unsafe because 
they didn't feel psychologically safe. Psychologically, yes. Yeah, they felt that you know they might have negative repercussions because they were complaining. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. When I run workshops around the world on cross culture or unconscious bias, diversity and inclusion, one of the things I really strive is to create a space of psychological safety mm. because you want people to be able to air some of the things that they're not talking about. Many a time it's about the invisible elephant, right? Mm-hmm. Like how do I raise it or how do I bring it up so that other people may not be aware of it, but I'm, it's okay for me to, to uh, say that. Mm. So what steps can an individual take, let's say in a big organization uh, to, because I think there's, there is a bit of responsibility on the individual to be courageous yes. in a situation where they see something that they either don't agree with or they think they need to provide some feedback to somebody. What what steps can they take to? I think as a well as a leader. So I definitely I agree with you that the person mm. needs courage. As a leader, though, I think there's number number of things you can do as a leader. Mm. One is you need to actually consciously encourage it. Mm. Like you need to consciously encourage people to raise issues that may be uncomfortable. So it's about challenging the status quo. And as a leader, you may want to perhaps at times exhibit that yourself, Hmm. like be able to challenge some of the systems so they can actually see you do it. Hmm. Uh, And I think it was, we we, uh, did a podcast quite a number of series back where it was the standard you walk by is the standard you accept. So in that same way, I think as a leader, you need to, encourage it the second step as a leader is that when someone does actually challenge Mm. right or say something that you disagree with it's really important for you as a leader not to just react Mm. in the moment and shoot the messenger yeah yeah so that skill of practicing curiosity that skill of Asking questions, right? Inquiring hmm. versus advocating. That becomes really important because everyone will be watching your reaction hmm. of, you know, because no, you, is this okay yeah, to speak out or not? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, so, I'm not sure about this. I think yeah. that's that's the uh, the the second thing that comes into into play. The third thing for somebody who does who does actually raise issues that may be uncomfortable, I think it's really important to acknowledge the person. Mm. Like acknowledge the difficulty in sometimes challenging the status quo or raising something that was difficult. Acknowledge that person for doing that. Thank them for doing that. And to your point before, Jürgen, it may not be something that we can make a decision on today, Yeah, but we'll consider that, and thank you for raising that. And I think the fourth thing is really to actually highlight those as examples. So if you can get one, it's all about stories, right? If you can get Mm. one or two examples of something that was raised, someone who did something and how it shifted either the process or it made, Mm. made it better, those then become examples of people speaking up. Yeah, yeah. And I think closing the loop is a good one too. Um, coming back to the person and saying, well, you know, here's what we're going to do or here's what we did as a result of what you've pointed out. 
or it might be we're not going to take any action because of these reasons. Correct. But yeah. Thank you for raising thank it. Thank you for raising and it. I, we just want to close close the loop. Yeah. yeah. I uh, many years ago worked with the CEO of a, a reasonably large organization, and um, one of the things that she did as part of her practice, she identified five people at multiple levels in the organization. Mm. Okay, so they're handpicked. Yeah, and with each one of them, she pulled them aside. It was like it was the the um, the brief, mm. if you want to think about it in that way, was that they had access to her at any time if they felt she was off message. Mm-hmm. So if she had, didn't come across as embodying the values of the organization, if her behavior was off kilter, they could come in and talk to her. Mm. And she would then also check in with them on a regular basis, yeah. right? I found that she was an incredible leader. Mm. But all these five individuals felt psychologically safe. Mm. Because I'm telling you, some of the feedback that was given to her mm. was quite, you know, direct. Correct. Direct. Yeah. Mm. Because I was working with her, yeah, so yeah. I kind of, you know, heard that as well. And yeah. I had to work with that, <laughs> yeah. on, you know, with her on mm. it. And, uh, but... The reason I think why she was a very successful leader was exactly that. Mm. She created that space. And because even though she talked in the organization about psychological safety, these five individuals, because they were at different mm. levels... They kind of had special status. Yeah. Mm. yeah. and But nobody knew about it, right? Nobody knew about it. It was very much just between her mm. and them, but they had access. So if anything, anything was off, boom, they could come up, mm. say it, and they knew that she just wouldn't jump mm. on it. Mm. And often the direct communication in that sense, the very direct nature of the feedback um, can make it so much more powerful. But like you say, it can be very threatening. It can be very threatening, Mm. yeah. So again, you need to have a healthy ego, right? Mm. I mean, your sense of self, I think, needs to be strong, needs to be solid. Mm. And of course, you, you want to pick people who are courageous, who can mm. do that? Because again, we all have blind spots. Mm. All of us. We don't, it's not able for us to. You know, we all of us are trying to do the best that we can, and we we work on that. That most leaders are doing the best that they can. I mm. appreciate that there are always the exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But you know, I think that most people are trying to do the best that they can. They've mm. chosen to step up into a leadership role. They want to have a bigger responsibility. They want to have a bigger remit. They want to make a bigger impact. Yeah. So how do we help them to do that? Which is, in fact, the reason for these podcasts is one of the mm. reasons, isn't it? It's like, That's how right, do yeah. we actually help people become better global leaders? Mm. That's right. So what's the takeaway for our global leader today? I think the takeaway has to be a question on, if you look at your teams, what would you say is the level of psychological safety in your teams. I would encourage you, if you could, to perhaps have some quick conversations with members of your teams in terms of how comfortable do you feel challenging the situation or how comfortable do you feel bringing up things that's uncomfortable. Mm. And again, bring up that whole aspect of psychological safety as a topic. We talk about physical safety all the time, right? Mm. All the time. 
we should talk about psychological safety as well. Because if we have psychological safety, looping back to the start of this podcast, when we raised about wellness, mm. it will help wellness. Yeah. Right? It'll reduce the number of people who may suffer from anxiety or mm. depression in the organization. People may feel better engaged. Yeah. And basically, everybody performs better. Indeed. Mm. And isn't that, at the end of the day, as a leader, yeah. that's what we that's want. That's what we want. Mm. Thanks, Tom. Great. Thanks, Jürgen. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.